My name is Rick Renner, and today I'm in Bethlehem in the grotto under the church of the Nativity. This is the very place where Jesus was born 2,000 years ago. And the Bible tells us about this in Luke chapter 2, where it says in verse 7, And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. 2,000 years ago when Jesus was born in this place, it was very loud. I think it's funny that we sing a song called Silent Night because it really was not a very silent night. This was a barn. This was a cave filled with animals and travelers. The city of Bethlehem was loaded with people because they had all come here to be registered. And everyone who couldn't find a room in the end took up residency in the local caves. It's likely that this place was packed with travelers and animals, people talking, laughing, and in the midst of that whole scene, Jesus was born, history says, right here. He was born right here. This is where the incarnation took place. And today, I wanna to talk to you about the miracle of Christmas. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. I've been waiting for you, and today we're going to talk about the real purpose of Christmas. But I want to welcome Joel Renner to be with us. Thank you, Dad. It's good to be with you. Thank you for being with me, son. I've enjoyed this program so much. Me too. And I really enjoyed the stand-up to today's program when we were standing in the grotto below the church of the Nativity in Bethlehem. That really is the place where Jesus was born. Amazing. The church history is amazing. Early church writers verified nearly everything, and they identified that very early on as the place where Jesus was born. And I believe it. There's no reason to debate that history. Now, when you look at it today, it's filled with all kinds of religious ornamentation. So it's kind of hard to imagine what it looked like. But 2,000 years ago, it was just a shepherd's cave. And Jesus was born there. It is just remarkable. By the way, we're doing a series right now called Christmas, the rest of the story. This is a series that you need to order. You could share this with your kids or your grandkids or any adult. It's the best story that's ever been told. And we've dug into the New Testament and into church history to extract things that really tell us the rest of the story. And that's why I call the series Christmas, the rest of the story. It's 15 parts. It comes in multiple formats with a study guide that has all the information I've been sharing with you. Order your copy today. We're also offering you right now my daily devotionals, sparkling gems from the Greek, number one and number two. It doesn't matter which one you start with. You could start with either one of them. One man said, you know, I ordered those books and I didn't just read them. I used them to lift weights. Well, one of them weighs eight pounds. And I want to tell you that when you buy these books, you really get your money's worth because one has a thousand Greek word studies and the other one has a thousand Greek word studies. In the two of these together, 2,000 Greek word studies, it is a daily devotional or it is a resource just to help you study your Bible. You will love this. I believe that, Joel. It's the truth. And I like how you put your own stories to explain what the scripture is saying. It's wonderful. Thank you. I put a lot of personal stories in those devotionals. And if you're a partner, we want to say thank you. We really need you. And as we enter the new year, 
Would you pray about joining us as a partner? This would be a great time to become a partner with our ministry. You become a financial partner by calling us or going online. And for those who begin to be partners with us financially, we immediately send them our gift to initiate that relationship. And our gift is my book, Life in the Combat Zone, and Denise's book, The Gift of Forgiveness. These two books together will really help you in your life. Life in the Combat Zone is dedicated to our partners. That's why we always give it to anyone who becomes a financial partner with our ministry. But as I told you in the stand-up to today's program, today we're going to be discussing the real purpose of Christmas. Hope you have your Bible. I have my Bible. Joel, have it right here. All right, let's open our Bibles. But we're going to go today to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, an amazing verse that the Apostle Paul writes about the birth of Jesus. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, Paul writes, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Now listen to these words. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. But I want you to look at that phrase, God was manifested in the flesh. The word manifested is a Greek word which means to appear or to become visible. In the flesh, in Greek says literally, in the flesh. God appeared in the flesh. He was manifested in the flesh, or you could translate it, God became visible in flesh. That is a miracle. Which means Jesus' birth in Bethlehem was not his beginning. It was merely his manifestation. It's when he became visible to us. And the Bible says in that moment, he was seen of angels. The word seen is a translation of the Greek word harao, which means to see. He was beheld by angels. He was perceived by angels. It even means to delightfully view. It describes a scrutinizing look to look with the intent to fully examine, to fully view, to experience. All the angels showed up at the time of his birth. We read about this in the Gospel of Luke. It says the heavens were filled with a heavenly host. All the armies of heaven came to salute the commander when he was born. But there's another reason they showed up. Angels had never looked into the face of God. Wow. But they could in Jesus. When Jesus was born, for the very first time, angels could look into the face of God. And the Bible says he was manifest in the flesh and was seen of angels. Can you imagine the exhilaration that the angels felt when finally they were able to look into the face of God himself in Jesus Christ? That is what happened in Bethlehem. But when we come to Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, the Apostle Paul gives us what I believe is the greatest doctrinal statement about the birth of Jesus. Now, most people use these verses for Easter, and they're great for Easter, but they really describe the incarnation. Listen to what it says, describing Jesus. Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. The first thing the verse says is that Jesus, before he came to earth, already was in the form of God. That word form is the Greek word morphe, which means an outward form. It tells us that in Jesus' pre-existence, before he came to the earth, 
He was not just a component of God or not just a symbol of God. Jesus was literally in the form of God. He was God and Jesus is God. And as the eternal God, he possessed all the attributes of Godhead, power, glory, splendor, so much splendor, even angels could not look into his face and human flesh could not exist in his presence. So God did something to change his form, and that's what this verse describes. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. It doesn't really mean reputation like we think of a reputation. It's really the Greek word, which means to evacuate yourself of certain attributes, to shed certain attributes, to vacate certain attributes. Because it was impossible for God to appear to man as God, God literally began to remove his outward attributes of splendor and glory and power that flesh could not endure. And he took upon himself a different form. When the Bible says took upon himself, it is a translation of the Greek word lambano. This word lambano means to seize to grab hold of, to take to oneself, to grasp, which means Almighty God, the creator of the universe, really did a remarkable thing, just remarkable. He reached into the physical world that he created. He seized it, and he took it upon himself. And God literally changed his form. To do that first, he had to shed his former attributes. But then he grabbed hold of human flesh and God reclothed himself or redressed himself in a new form. And the Bible says he took upon himself the form of a servant. This word servant is the Greek word dolas. Oh, this is so important. Listen to this. The word dolas describes one who does the bidding of his owner, one whose principal task is to fulfill the desires of his master, to help, to assist, and to fulfill his master's wants and dreams to the exclusion of all else. This servant's existence was to service his master in whatever way the master asked or demanded, one whose will was completely swallowed up in the will of another, which means when Jesus came to earth, Jesus came to earth on assignment. He came to fulfill the will of the Father and to do whatever the Father asked him to do, even if it meant the cross. And the verse continues to say, he was made in the likeness of men. Joel, those words, was made. It describes his creation in the womb of the Virgin Mary. When the angel Gabriel spoke to Mary and said, Mary, you're going to conceive, Mary didn't argue. She simply said, how shall this be? And Gabriel said, the power of the highest will overcome you and that thing that shall be formed in you will be the son of God. And Mary said, be it unto me according to thy word. And in that moment, the son of God was formed in her womb. He was literally made in her womb. What a miracle. That is a miracle. Isn't that something? Yes. And the Bible goes on to say, he took upon himself the form of a servant and verse eight, and being found in fashion, as a man. I have to pause on this word fashion because it is a Greek word schema. And for me, this word fashion, the Greek word schema really tells the whole Christmas story. This word schema was an old word that was used to describe a king who wanted to be among his people, but he could not because he was the king. Of course, he would be mobbed and he couldn't walk among his people because he was the king. 
everyone would recognize him. So the old story says the king would look out his window and would watch his people walking on the streets of his kingdom. And he so longed to walk among his own people that he hatched a plan. I'll shed these kingly garments and put on me the clothing of a commoner. And the king changed his clothing, and when he changed his clothing, he slipped out of his palace into the streets, and no one recognized him because he looked like everyone else. But finally, he was able to be among his own people. And when the Bible says that Jesus was found in fashion as a man, it describes the heart of God. God loves his creation so much that God wanted to be among his creation, but he could not be among them as God because his attributes were too powerful. Flesh could not endure his presence. So God took upon himself the form of a servant, reached into the material world, grabbed hold of flesh, and reclothed himself. And the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords slipped into the human race. And in fact, he looked so much like us that the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 11, says he came unto his own and his own received him not. They didn't even recognize who he was. Creation recognized him. The water responded to him. The waves responded to him. The wind responded to him. Demons responded to him. But people didn't know who he was because he looked like everyone else. He took upon himself the fashion of a man. And the Bible says he humbled himself. This word humble means to stoop to the lowest point and became obedient. Even the word obedient is so important because of the word hupokuo. The word hupo means to be under. The word akuo means I hear. It's where we get the word for acoustics. And when the Bible says Jesus humbled himself, he stooped to the very lowest point possible and became obedient. Hupo, he was under command. Remember, he was sent on a mission. This was not just a joy trip. He was sent on a mission. Hupo, he was under authority, a cool, listening to what the Father said to him. And he became obedient. He carried out the Father's instructions unto death. And the King James Version says, even the death of the cross. In Greek, the word even is the word day. It's like an exclamation, even if you can imagine it. He stooped so low, he became so obedient, even to the point of death, even the death of the cross. This word cross is the Greek word staros. It describes an upright pointed stake used for the punishment of criminals. It was used to depict those hung up, impaled, beheaded, and publicly displayed, always used in connection with public executions. Hanging a criminal publicly was intended to bring humiliation on the accused, and crucifixion was the most wretched punishment in the ancient world. And I want to tell you, if you don't have my book called Paid in Full, order this book. Go online right now to get it at our website. In this book, I describe crucifixion in detail, and when you understand how hard was crucifixion, then you will understand why Paul said, even, even, if you can imagine it, even, he stooped so low, even, to the death of the cross. This was the lowest death that was possible in the Roman Empire at that time. Wow. I would translate Philippians 2, verse 8 like this. Can you imagine it? 
Jesus humbled himself to such a lowly position and became so obedient that he even stooped low enough to die the miserable death of a cross. That is literally what the verse means. But then when you come to chapter 2 and verse 9, now we're going to continue today. In Philippians 2 verse 9, Paul continues to say, wherefore. In Greek it is the word dia. It means on account of all of this, in light of all of this, because of what Jesus did, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and hath given him a name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And Joel, you know what's really interesting about these verses? It's called hymnic literature, which means these verses are actually a song that was sung by the early church. Wow. And when the Apostle Paul wrote these verses, it was almost the equivalent of saying, hey guys, I know how to tell you what I'm wanting to communicate. It's kind of like that song you sing in your church. Wherefore God highly exalted him and has given him the name. He's quoting the words of a song. The New Testament believers sang these words. That's beautiful. And he says, wherefore God has highly exalted him. These words, highly exalted, the Greek word is only used in this verse in the New Testament, nowhere else, which makes this extremely special. It means to make exceedingly high, to elevate beyond, to the highest place, to elevate exceedingly. It says God has highly exalted him, exceedingly elevated him, and given him a name. The word name is the Greek word onoma, which means name, fame, or reputation. Because of Jesus' obedience, he has a name, he has a fame, he has a reputation unlike anyone else. In fact, Paul says, which is above every name. The word above is the Greek word hooper. Listen to this. This word hooper means over, above, and beyond. He has a name that is over, above, and beyond. It depicts something that is way beyond measure. It conveys the idea of superiority or something that is unsurpassed, unrivaled, or unequaled. He has a name, he has a fame, he has a reputation that is unsurpassed, unequaled, and unrivaled. It is above every name. The word every is the Greek word pan, which describes every name, nothing excluded. Now listen to verse 10. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. The word every again is the word pan, no one excluded, every Every knee will bow. The word bow is a Greek word kamto, which means to bend the knee or to bend the knee in honor and respect, which means a day is coming in the future when every living being that has ever passed through earth is going to bend their knee. This is glorious and this is tragic because those who have already passed into eternity and refused to bend their knee in life, they were too proud they're going to do it anyway. They're going to do it anyway. A moment is coming in the future when every single knee will bow in honor and respect. Wow, of things in heaven, of things on earth, and things under the earth. Then listen to verse 11. And every tongue. The word every, the Greek word pasa, again it means every, all, no one excluded, everyone who has ever lived in the history of mankind or in future history, every tongue shall confess. The word confess, <laughs> it doesn't just mean to confess. 
It means to declare, to say out loud, to exclaim, to divulge, to loudly confess, or to blurt out. Every tongue, every tongue. Those in heaven, those on the earth, those under the earth, a moment is coming in the future when every tongue shall blurt out, Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Well, in life, if you say Jesus is Lord, you get saved. Yes, that's wonderful. The miracle of salvation. The miracle of salvation. Think of the people who refused to say it in life. They didn't want to bend their knee. They didn't want to bend their will. They didn't want to repent. They just refused to do it. Now they're in hell. But according to these verses, a moment will come in the future when even people in hell will come till they will bend their knee in honor and respect. And with their tongues in hell, they will suddenly blurt out. They will finally acknowledge Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. But for those who are in hell, it will be too late. Do it now in life. You're going to do it anyway. There's a moment coming when every person that has ever lived in the past, the present, and the future are going to bend their knee and they're going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the word kurias, absolute master, to the glory of God the Father. You see, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, it wasn't just the story of a baby. That story is magnificent. But God has a purpose in everything he does. God's purpose was that that baby was born as the Lamb of God who would be crucified. His blood would be shed to take away the sin of the world, and then he would be exalted to the highest place. And one day, every knee would bow and every tongue would confess, Jesus Christ is absolute Lord and Master to the glory of God the Father. That's the real purpose of Christmas. We're out of time, but we'll be back in just a moment, and we're going to pray for you. Everyone thinks they know the Christmas story, but what you don't know are the fascinating details that only God could have orchestrated. In Rick Renner's 15-part series, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, Rick uncovers the shocking and surprising events that occurred at the time of Jesus' birth. In this series, you'll discover the amazing details that are often overlooked, topics like exactly who Joseph was and why it mattered, what was the star that guided the wise men and the significance of the gifts the wise men brought to the Christ child? Available in digital or physical formats starting at just $24. You'll have a deeper understanding of the meaning and importance of Christmas, the rest of the story. When you call or go online today, you can also get sparkling gems from the Greek volumes 1 and 2. So many Christians live their entire lives skimming the surface of the Word of God. Most never discover the profound truth treasures that lie deep within the text. In Sparkling Gems from the Greek, Rick unlocks the brilliant treasures within God's Word and shows you how to live an intimate, uncompromising life with God. In an easy-to-read devotional format, each volume of Sparkling Gems explores more than 1,000 in-depth Greek word studies, revealing the profound wisdom and counsel from the Bible. Get one or both of these valuable resources today. Sparkling Gems 1 for just $40 and Sparkling Gems 2 for only $45. Don't miss this special offer, Christmas, the rest of the story, and the companion book Sparkling Gems 1 and 2. Call now or go to renner.org to order. Hey friend, this is Rick Renner and I want to just take a moment to say thank you for being a partner with our ministry. I am so grateful to you. I mean that from the depths of my heart because of what you do, what you do every month. 
you enable us to take this teaching of the Bible to people that are crying out for it. I realize you may live in a city where it seems like there's a church on every corner, but the rest of the world is not like that. And people are really praying for somebody to bring them answers from the Bible. And when you send your gifts to this ministry, it's like you put fuel in the tank so that we can take the teaching to those who really need it. And I want to read to you from the Great Commission, a promise that Jesus makes just to you. It's made to you. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. You say, well, I'm not really going. Yes, you are. You may not physically be going, but with your gifts. You're enabling the gospel to go to the ends of the earth. There are those who go and there are those who help others to go. That's your part. Right from the privacy of your home, without ever leaving your divan, you're affecting somebody else somewhere else in the world. And to you, Jesus makes a promise. Listen to this in verse 20. Jesus says, if you teach them to observe whatsoever things I have commanded you, lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the age. And the word lo is Jesus' own exclamation. It is the Greek word edu, which means wow, wow, wow. Jesus says, wow, will I ever be with you? It's a conditional promise. If you go or if you enable others to take the message. Jesus says, because of what you have done, you can expect my power to show up in your life. Jesus says, lo, or the Greek would be better translated, wow, 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 will I ever be with you? You can lay hold of that promise, dear friend. If you're a giver to the work of God, if you're a giver who causes the message of the Bible to go to the ends of the earth so that others can be taught as Jesus commanded us. Lay hold of that verse because Jesus promises his supernatural power to work in your life because you're involved in taking the message to the ends of the earth. So partner, thank you for doing your part and expect the power of God to operate in your life. But thank you from me, thank you from Denise, thank you from our team. We're doing what we do because you do what you do, and together, we're partners to make a difference. Thank you so much for being with me and Joel today. Joel, haven't we had a good time? We've had a blast. You've done so well teaching the Bible. Oh, thank you. Joel, thank you so much. It's always music to a father's ears when his son likes something that he does. And Joel, I always like to be with you. Thank you. And we like to be with you. And we're so glad you've joined us today. And if you have a prayer need, contact us. We're waiting for our phone to ring right now so we can put our faith together with you. We really, really mean that. And I want to tell you that we're offering you my series called Christmas, the rest of the story. People need this series. They really do. We do the Christmas series every year at Christmas time as a family. And it always feeds my heart to know that God gave us Jesus, his only son. Actually, what I'm teaching on TV right now is the overflow of what we do in our personal lives every year as a family. You'll just love this. Your grandkids will love this. Your kids will love this. Your friends will love this. It's 15 parts comes with a wonderful study guide filled with all of this information. And right now we're offering you 
my devotional sparkling gems from the Greek number one and number two. And for those who become partners, financial partners with our ministry, to initiate that relationship, we immediately send you Life in the Combat Zone and Denise's book, The Gift of Forgiveness. Just go online to become a partner or call us. To thank you for being with us today. While Jesus was born for us, he was manifest in the flesh for us. What a blessing. And I want to pray for you today. Father, today, Joel and I pray for every friend, for every partner in our TV family. We pray for their friends and their relatives that are unsaved. We pray, Lord, that they will bend their knee now and confess now that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Lord, that would be the best Christmas gift this year to see people get saved. We pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power. Thank you for joining Rick Renner today. For more information about Rick Renner Ministries and product resources, visit renner.org and connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.